and boom goes the dynamite. It's Monday night, ladies and gentlemen, and you know what that means. Kevin Ely and I are back with a brand new episode of The Boom coming to you uh, coming to you pre-recorded <laughs> here from Fight Game Media. I always want to say it's coming live. to you live. We're live right now. It's never yeah, totally live. Absolutely live right now on Monday. And uh, a lot of lot of really interesting news this week. I can't say blockbuster news, but this I think for me and you, it's a little bit blockbuster. And that not only was Santana injured early in the Blood and Guts match, yep. but news broke that kind of on TikTok. I feel like it broke on TikTok that Santana and Ortiz have not been getting along. Uh, you, as you wrote here, mm-hmm. there hasn't been a proud and powerful match since February, so they haven't been getting along for a hot minute. Yeah. And that by the time Santana is healed, his contract's going to be expired, and it looks like he is interested in leaving. And when when Proud and Powerful first signed with AEW, I assumed first three tag champs, mm-hmm. Lucha Brothers, Young Bucks, Proud and Powerful. Yep. I just assumed. And I kept thinking, man, they're about to get their big break. They're about to get their big break. And it never quite happened. And now it looks like it's over. The party is over. Um, I have, like, Santana is my least favorite of the two. But this is a truly a shame. These guys have been a tag team a decade, close to a decade. Because they were the kind of the second generation LAX. And they were together in Impact for a a very long while, I believe. And to have them break up at a time where they're, I don't know, they're... Kind of right where they were last year. (laughs) Yeah, I was about to say, like, they're feuding. They were with Jericho, then they're feuding with Jericho. And they're always the B-side. Yeah. But they're like the much, much more talented Jake Hagers. Yes. And that's a shame because they're so good. Yeah. Um. Ortiz, for a while, was one of my absolute favorites in AEW. Mm-hmm. Absolute yeah, favorites. Him. During COVID, mm-hmm. again, I always go back to this, but my favorite Ortiz moment is when um, Aubrey Edwards ejected them from the match, mm-hmm. and he sold that ejection by falling off the ring, like almost shooting himself <laughs> off the ring. It was a work of art. Yeah. It was so good. I'd love to find that. Um, he, he put over that ejection like he had just gotten RKO'd out of nowhere by Randy Orton. Yeah. Um, let's see. They don't promo with each other. They, I, you know, this might explain the backburnering mm-hmm. of Proud and Powerful. The fact they haven't gotten together and they don't want to work together. Yeah. And with Santana gone, it's a really great opportunity for Ortiz. And I hope AEW believes in him enough to either put him in a full time tag team with Eddie Kingston. Or give him a, a singles run because mm-hmm. he's good enough to do it. Yeah, he's great. What, he's such a unique. What look. would you? Yeah. What? What would you do right now if you're Tony Khan? You know you're losing Santana. Right. What's your move? Oh, man, it's really hard because part of the problem that I under you know in this situation, who knows what's really going on in terms of hurt feelings and relationships and all that stuff. But yeah. But if I'm Santana, I kind of understand how he feels, mm-hmm. you know, because it's like he, when the inner circle broke up, we've talked about it before when the inner circle broke up, it's like, finally I get to, you know, it's like break free and actually elevate. Yeah. And it happened for like a there's, week and then Eddie got no involved elevation. and they moved down and then the Blackpool Park yep. Club and they moved down like two slots 
And yep. then Claudio came in, they moved down three slots, and now Santana pretty much is out of the six people on that Blood and Guts team was the number six guy. Yeah. So I, if he's yeah, someone he who's like, I deserve more than this, I don't blame him for going, and who knows if that's what caused problems or what. But if if he's gone, he's if definitely it's been out of going on for months because he. That if it's like been going on, to me, if they haven't wrestled since February, this is something that's been going on since January. Yeah, and honestly, I don't remember what was going on in AEW in January. I don't. I should have looked that up yeah, before I we got on the exactly air here. And all that's the Jericho stuff started. I feel. I, I feel like the. I don't think. Um, I think they were still in her circle in January. I'm pretty sure of that. Um, but I can't be sure. I'm usually yes, wrong. I'm because probably wrong it was again. a revolution that uh, Eddie and Jericho had the match, right? And that would have been late That's January. Right. And that was right after that yeah. that everything happened with the with them breaking up and the okay and everything. So, um, yeah, I think I you know Ortiz is kind of weird because it's not like he's someone I would put like on the top of the card or anything. No, uh, if it were, if this was one of those promotions where they had like he a could, junior title or something, that would be cool. But yeah, and know. I'm that's one of the things that actually surprises me right now, and I didn't expect to take this detour. We've got the All Atlantic title. Mm-hmm. We have all these titles. There's no junior heavyweight title. No, no, no cruiserweight. Nothing like that. We still don't have the trios. Um, the trios deal going. Mm-hmm. But Ortiz, I could see being a major player in in mid-card. He could have some great mid-card feuds. And the thing is, right now, mid-card is a step up. And mid-card as a single is a big step up for him. Yeah. Um, I just hope he doesn't get forgotten. I hope he doesn't get lost in the shuffle like so many people do. Speaking of which, Alan Angels, his contract expired. And I understand them letting his contract expire because to me at the very beginning, you're 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 kind of signing everybody that's that's available mm-hmm. that can work. Yeah. And they put together five or six guys into the dark order, and he had opportunities to get over, and he just never got over. He was always but it didn't help that the dark order had him projected as their worst guy. Like he was the running joke that he got left behind from car rides or they're all packed in Adam Page's car right. and 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 they cut off they 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 cut off his penis and <laughs> held it up and it was a tiny shrimp. <laughs> and they they weren't things that were flattering to Alan Angels, even though he is clearly a great worker yeah. and had some fantastic matches with Kenny Omega, but he's already made his debut on Impact. I heard, I haven't seen it, but I heard he had a really good match with Speedball Mike Bailey. Impact has the room to feature yes. him, to have great matches with yep. other great wrestlers. They have a whole division open to a guy like him. It's so much better. It's such a better spot for him. Yeah, I agree. And and he might not have gotten that spot if he weren't in AEW. And um, so I do hope that everything works out for him, and that he doesn't regret AEW because I really enjoyed him. Yeah, but he as the butt of the joke in the Dark Order. And, yeah, but um, that was mostly YouTube stuff. And on TV, it was mainly BTE. Yeah. It was mainly BTE. On TV, he was mainly on, like you know a guy, and then who occasionally yeah. got to show off a lot. I, yeah, I, I think even I, with even with all that other stuff, I think he came out ahead of the deal. He's he's a bigger star than he was when he started, which was a guy yeah. just starting in the business. I've, yeah, yeah. And now he's now he's just got. 
I wouldn't say unlimited potential, but I mean, the sky's the limit in terms of how far he can No, for impact. real. And he's a real, you know, he's a likable guy, you know. He is a very likable guy. And the thing is, the Dark Order had two recognizable tag teams. Yep. They both got over. And then 10 is just a big buff dude. Right. He gets over like he he gets over because of that. He's right. the, he's he's the the guy the big buff guy yeah. that we heard early on AEW was looking at as being a Batista like guy at some point. Mm-hmm. And then there's Alan Angels. Yeah. Five and um, dime. Five and dime, exactly. It's a real shame they didn't give him that name early and just push him like that. Yeah. Because both the Dark Order tag teams really got over it, and that's a team that's that right. could have got over. And they could have been a really fun well. team if they had really pushed him. But again, they, they really the could. Three team in a faction. Yeah. yeah, and that's a tough. That's a tough situation. Um. All right, Forbidden Door. I'm seeing you've got some numbers in the notes here that I hadn't seen yet, and I was really interested. Hundred twenty thousand buys. 20,000 from New Japan World. That's not bad. For AEW, 100,000. Yeah. Now, they've been doing 200, 220 lately, but just a year ago, 100,000 was 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 very good. Right. And it's I think it's good for this. I didn't expect them to hit 100,000 on yeah, it. Yeah, it didn't. So, we predicted it to be one of the worst since the first year, and it was yeah. definitely the worst of the last year. Like, yeah, it, it was the, the worst, lowest the worst the selling. Yeah, the 365 of the last year. But maybe days. the best pay-per-view. Maybe, and Tony yeah. Khan made a point in saying, we did a million dollars in ticket sales. Yep. We did $5 million on pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. That, and that's a success. Yeah, that's a success. And, um, Absolutely. And New Japan seemed to be very happy with it. They want another one. And I hope I hope we get I hope to I hope it alternates and we get two a year, mm-hmm. one in America, one in the Tokyo Dome. Yeah, I'd like that. I think that would be that would be great. I'd love that. Um, all right. What else do you have here on on Forbidden Door? This is just a little interesting note. Um, you know, that show sold out in like, what, 20 minutes, an hour, something like that. It was basically an instant yeah. sellout, right? Yeah. Well, one of the things that um, if you looked on like StubHub the day of the show, you could get into that show for $5. Some, some, wow. $4 in some cases. And they were like, wow. not great seats, but yeah. uh, the second or in the yeah. door, that's great. Right. So Dave, you know, Meltzer reported, um, that once they started promoting the soul uh, this the card they sold sold less than 200 tickets which basically mm-hmm. just shows everyone who was interested in that show got them they on bought day immediately. one and there was yep. no one interested in the there show there was nobody left um, i yeah and it, th- it's for for the secondary market to collapse like that it makes me wonder how much you know how much of it was secondary markets buying up tickets mm-hmm. for the scalpers and uh, if they were to have a show in the United Center again, would it sell out that fast? I think they were very lucky in that so many people in Chicago were interested in New Japan to fill it up. But they've burned out. They've burned out yeah. that show. And and look, I'm a New Orleans homer, but you remember how hot the crowd was in New Orleans. Yeah. Because that was the first time they'd ever been there. Mm-hmm. And then Detroit was hot because the first time they'd ever been there, it is ridiculous. That in three years, even even though a year and a half of that was COVID time, right. that they've they've been to so few places. They're always in Texas. Mm-hmm. They are always in Chicago. Mm-hmm. You've got you've got an entire country here that love AEW. You've got to spread it out. But I I feel like right. a se- if 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 a second Forbidden Door happens in America, we're gonna get the New Japan stars back, and 
maybe we'll and we'll probably get more. Um, hopefully, mo- more people aren't injured and have COVID. And the fact that it would be the first time we got to see it with Brian Danielson, yeah, CM Punk, yes. Kenny Omega. Yep. To me, that's a next level show, yeah. and it'll sell out wherever it is. Yeah. And I think they were definitely hurt on the secondary market by the fact that people realized nobody's going to be there. Orange Cassidy was one of the two biggest stars they had. He and Moxley. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, Adam Page as well, but he, he wasn't a singles match. Mm-hmm. But um, Yeah, there's so much still on the table. Everything we yeah, criti- there's, everything there's we so criticized much. him for for not yeah putting into this show is still in their pocket to do next time. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I do think a second one is going to do well, and I think they really lucked out in getting a sellout. Yeah. And they lucked out in getting in having such a good show, and for whatever reason, I really do think Gato's booking had a lot to do with it. And there's no way that Gato wasn't involved in the way those matches were. Oh, set had up. to be. Had he, to be. He was there, and you could see the difference in the matches. Yeah. And uh, and by the way, now that Forbidden Door is over, and we've got our first full week of AEW, it seems like everything's back. Everything is working mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. I loved this week of AEW, and I have not loved a week of AEW for a month. Yeah, totally. And uh, I really loved this week. Um, all right. So if you loved this week and if you loved this podcast – Check out patreon.com slash fight game media for just $5 a month. You can, uh, you can, you can become a patron of our shows and you're going to get extra shows every month from all of our hosts. You're going to get extended shows. Uh, it's definitely worth the price of admission for just $5. Um, and of course, always, as always check out FightGameMedia.com for all your wrestling news, boxing news, MMA news, um, I use it every week when I'm, I'm getting ready for my uh, MMA show at Sports Talk 977.com. Um, so, yeah, $5 a month. What, what, what are you going to do with that? You, can't get, you cannot get an extra value meal at McDonald's for no. $5. It's the best deal in podcasting today, people. <laughs> the best deal today. That's right. Uh, all right. Blood and Guts was Wednesday, and it was over. It did over a million viewers yeah. for the first time in a long time. And I was excited to see that. And I was surprised in that I didn't realize word was out that much on blood and guts. Um, it was, I don't know. I, I, I thought it was going to do a, a decent rating, but uh, I didn't see a million. And I'm really excited that a million people saw it because it was a really, really good episode of Dynamite. Yeah, I was actually prepared mentally for it to be like 900,850 you know like I don't know why I the last several weeks had just gotten beat out of me that it was like it doesn't matter how good something is the ratings are just yeah. going to be what the ratings are and depends on the yeah uh, so it was really it, it made me happy to see that and I thought the layout of the show was great it was the way I really it was a little different and I know some of that was because some people were unavailable but like I it, like yeah. the way they're like I have been very vocal that I think JR is the greatest announcer in, in wrestling history yep. and the worst announcer on TV today. <laughs> I like the fact that they're holding him back yes. for major matches and at least giving him the opportunity to be fresh mm-hmm. and not have to work as long a show. As soon it's as they win. added him to the broadcast, he kind of fumbled and, and wasn't finishing sentences. Yeah. But by the Claudio end, Cesaro. yeah, Just to be fair, yeah. I did. I wrote, I, that I've been doing that the whole time too. But, <laughs> exactly. But I'm also exactly. not on dynamite. 
Exactly. Yeah, you're not getting paid hundreds of thousands of dollars a year yeah. to get that name right. Um, but yeah, let's talk about the blood and guts match itself. Um, I want to first. I want to know your honest opinion of it before we start talking about outside opinions. Yeah. Because my best friend was crazy negative. Mm-hmm. While I'm like texting him, man, this match is really good. Like, yeah. this is an awesome match. It reminded me of uh, back in December, I went down to Dallas to see the uh, uh, Brian Danielson hangman match that was the one hour draw. And I remember yeah. sitting there next to Steve Geimer in our group, and we were like logged into the Facebook group, just seeing what people were saying on the Fiking Media Facebook group. And there were just people just crapping on it the whole time. And I was like, this is this is the best match I've ever seen. Like, I'd love this match. Yeah. Maybe my favorite match ever. I loved that match, but I was critical about the end. Yeah. Cause they just had another very long match that ended in a draw as well. Uh, yeah. But, uh, it, it was a great match. Yeah. So th- this kind of was like that where it was, as long as I was watching it in a vacuum and just watching it, mm-hmm. I was really enjoying it. I was into it. I was into the stories yeah. they were telling. Um, you know, it, it, it never got boring. I even watched like when they went to picture in picture, I kept watching and then I'd check in to see what other people were saying. And they were just, you know, well, not everybody, but there was def- like, this is definitely a divisive match. There were lots of people who are yeah. critical of it, but I thought it was great. I loved all the different stories. I wouldn't yeah. necessarily call. I, I did enjoy the anarchy in the arena match better mm-hmm. or more. Yeah. Both, That's both fair. live. And when I watched it back on TV, but I, cause I think yeah. that one had more of a wild, like, where's this going to go? What could happen? Kind of feel to it. Yeah, and this was a little more. You knew what to, what you were gonna get the whole time because of the structure. Yeah, but uh, um, I was really into it. When you get big multi man matches, one of the weaknesses I've seen recently in AW is you get even you can have a match like this that's packed right with excellent workers, and you'll get a couple guys like clearly not touching each other, throwing punches, mm-hmm. and because they think they're kind of disguised because there's so many people right. when in reality, the camera could be zoomed in on them. Yeah. And this match didn't have much of that. Yeah. It had very, very little of that. In fact, my only two criticisms of this match, only two, mm-hmm. um, when they climbed up on top of the cage, mm-hmm. they laid there for a while, not doing anything Yeah, before um, Claudio got up there. And did amazing shit. Yeah. The fact that he got up to the top and then like sprinted at one point. I've never seen anybody sprint in on top of a cage in like a Skywalker's none of it. That man's not. He's not scared of shit. No, I could just say he's fearless. He ain't scared of shit. And and then the spin Uh was awesome. Uh That was terrifying and awesome at the same time. And then the the other criticism I will save to the very end. Um, who was it that was covered in blood and literally hanging out of the cage? That was was a, that Matt that, Menard that was or cool was that hand Angelo. Angelo Parker? Yes, that's right. I went. I never to, saw I, how he got back so in. He he, he kind of got stuffed through the trussing. The by, scaffold by, by yeah. I think Wheeler Yuta. Okay, he just kind of got stuffed through it, and then I I'm not sure how he got back in. Or if he that did. felt, it was a beautiful scene. Yeah. It felt a little biblical to me, <laughs> and I'm not even sure how. Yeah. It was almost like an upside down crucifixion, right. not even trying to get in any controversial yeah, yeah, yeah. anything. 
But um, it was definitely it was a, a great little scene that's memorable. It was a great visual to go to commercial on. Yeah. Um, I loved the way the match started out with Claudio just beating the ever loving shit out of Sammy. Yeah. Um, and it was part of the reason uh, I think Claudio's in both of our heat indexes mm-hmm, this mm-hmm. week. And that was part of it. He, he started this match in an epic fashion. Mm-hmm. He ended the match in an epic fashion. And there was a lot of greatness in between as well. Um, and honestly, and I hate to say this, until people at, after the show started talking about Santana's injury, mm-hmm. I never missed him. I didn't even realize he wasn't a part Unfortunately, of this. Unfortunately, I didn't miss him, yeah. I never did. And and I hate to say that. And so I didn't even realize that the, he, the, the, the faces were down two men almost the whole match. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, for about um, half of it. Yeah. And I think we have learned a lesson here. If John Moxley is going to be in a major match with essentially no rules, we're getting blood. We're getting all the thumbtacks. We're getting everything. Right. Because Moxley wants to do it. And Jericho's not, or or Tony Khan's not saying no. Yeah. Um, He's loading up those cargo pants with. Yes, he is. He had like a he had like a skewer. He had a bag of glass. He had that's right. And listen, apparently women hate cargo pants on men. (laughs) Hate them, especially cargo shorts. Right. They need to understand we don't. For the most part, we don't have purses or bags. We've got to put our thumbtacks somewhere. We've got to put our random shards of glass somewhere, ladies. Right. And that's why we've got. I'm wearing cargo pants right now. Just just chock full attacks. The, thing, pounds I, the attacks. thing I noticed this tonight, and I noticed this in a back when he had this Texas death match with uh, Lance Archer, was uh, Mox's pants. He's got like a special pocket like up high on the side. It's not the normal cargo pocket. He's got like a special oh. pocket that's just for like his fork. I just oh, my God. Like he's got his little. Hey. And, he, and, and he would like put it away in like a, you know, his little, it's just his little fork pocket. And I just imagine him like going to like the. Luby's buffet or golden corral or something. <laughs> like, no, thanks. I've got my own. Chris Harrington. If you're listening right now, Mookie Ghana, you've got to get John Moxley pants with a fork pocket in the <laughs> AEW store. ASAP. Yep. Chris, I'm begging you. I'll buy them immediately, but I doubt they will come in my size. <laughs> I seriously, seriously doubt it. I might buy them with the, Put a fork in them stick a fork with in the them. goal. Yeah. That's the goal. Yep. Stick a fork in it till like they can fit me. Yeah. Um, that's fantastic. Okay, I've got one more criticism. I okay. have a third criticism, and it's pretty simple. All right. It's pretty simple. You've got a match with incredible workers in it. Mm-hmm. Daniel Garcia, Matt Menard are awesome. Moxley's awesome. Jericho's awesome. Claudio's awesome. And fucking I'm sorry for that. The <laughs> proud and powerful are fucking awesome. Yeah. You don't need gimmicks on top of the cage. Just have an awesome match. Like, yeah. The cage stuff on top was cool, mm-hmm. but we've had two matches now, and right. both times we've had somebody thrown off right. through a crash pad. Um, and there's no reason about to just, climb a cage. Why would no? Why would someone do? There's that? no reason, right. none whatsoever. Just have an awesome blood and guts match in the cage. Right. You can do so much. Yeah. And I hope the next one they just do. Yeah, and nobody climbs the cage, and I like that Ty Conti just had to beat up the refs and and open the cage because she knew Chris Jericho desperately wants to be in the air, which he wouldn't want to be in the air after he got thrown off the last one. Right, 
that's uh, okay. So sometimes we'll talk about how we'll, you know, we'll figure out their logic for them. Kind of what I call them. Yeah. No, no prize booking like the old Marvel comics. Yeah. And so in the first one with uh, MJF and you could kind of say, well, it sort of made sense because MJF, this was all part of the plan. And MJF yeah. knew that Jericho would follow him wherever he went. So he lured him up to the top of the cage to set up this thing to throw him off. Right. Uh, you could kind of take that a step further and say, okay, Jericho learned from that. And he's going to try the same trick on Eddie. Yeah. It just backfired, but they don't That's tell true. that story. You no. know, otherwise it's just, Oh, he's climbing the cage. Yep. No. And these, like, let, what, what, why I'm going to clarify yeah. to everybody listening. I loved this match. I really love this match. These are just ways. Cause I want AEW to be perfect. And right. I want ever, I want a mil, I want 1.5 million viewers every week. Yeah. And, uh, we're, we're critics and these are criticisms yeah. for what was a really, really good match. Yeah. Um, let, me, let me ask you this, uh, yeah. on the dynamite show, uh, on the Patreon, Paul, uh, was talking about how, you know, the, the way this matches is actually two matches technically, right? You have the, the way right. it used to be, you have the war games and the match beyond the match does not technically start until all 12 people are inside right. the cage. Right. So his yep. point was he was kind of, of wondering, was he like, well, you know, why should I watch the first, you know, whatever, I kind of tune out, kind of like an Iron Man match or something. I kind of tune out until the end. Does that right. hurt your enjoyment at all or anything like that? Not at all. Not me. Either. Not at all. Yeah. Because I know that in, let's say, the 30 minutes leading up to everybody being in the ring, right. we're going to get Angelo Parker in an upside-down bloody right. crucifixion. <laughs> we're right. going to get nonsense. Yeah. We're going to get, like... I love war. I've always loved war games matches and you're going to get insanity the whole time. You're going to get a really engaging match. People flying over one side into the other. Then you're, you know, we got, um, was it a power? Was it a power bomb of Jake Hager into the middle? Was it Jake Hager? Jake Hager can't even remember the table between the rings. Yeah, Yeah, that's right. Into the table between the rings. There was a lot of really good stuff when they, I, I didn't even see the results of it. I honestly didn't catch it, but like I enjoyed them like destroying the ring and taking off the the, the padding right. so they could hurt people on the wood and which actually you get something a little different every time and I enjoy actually. it. Yeah, yeah. It was kind of a Cody situation. Remember when Cody like accidentally <laughs> launched himself into the table on fire yes. instead of the guy yes. who's attacking? That's what happened with when they stripped the ring down to the wood. They suplexed yeah. somebody and accidentally he went right over into the double padding. <laughs> and they ended up knocking themselves in the woods. So it's kind of glad that that it happened during picture in picture. Yeah. Okay, so this is one of my my friend's criticisms and it was it's my last criticism. Okay. Frankly, I loved this. Yeah. He did not like it at all. It was one of my favorite parts of the match. And that is when um Ruby Soho came down to stop Ty Conti yeah. from doing whatever it was she was doing. And Ty Conti was wearing a very short, very fitted dress. Yes. And while Ruby was attacking her, and she should have been defending herself, she just she was trying. Yeah. She kept adjusting her dress, which took my friend out of the match. It also took me out of the match and into the dress, which (laughs) I did not have a problem with. Right. But I absolutely get his criticism of that, which is. Don't wear the dress yeah, if, if you know you're, you're going that. exactly because that does 
It's like people fixing their hair after a suplex and things like that. Things mm-hmm. like that do tend to take exactly. you out of the match, and I and I get his criticism. I thoroughly enjoyed it, though. And that's why Ty Conti's dress is my honorable mention for this week's Heat Index, coming <laughs> in at number six. That's amazing. That's an amazing yeah. choice. Thank you very much. It, it, very, it very nearly made the top, my final top five. Very nearly. Okay, our, so yeah. now it is time for the Heat well, Index. We're going to have to have a match between Tay Conti's dress and uh, Jamie Hayter's gear. <laughs> I, you know, we haven't seen Jamie Hayter's gear in a while now. I uh, Has there been any Jamie Hayter matches recently? No, not or in a while. She, she changed gear, not in a long time. No. I mean, we've seen Jamie, but I guess, you know, and I do like that right now we've got Britt Baker kind of losing a few matches so we're not seeing Jamie Hader as much, and we're we're kind of getting a new era, a Tony Storm era, a Jay like for the women. And uh, before I'm sure Britt Baker will make a huge comeback at some point, very very soon. But um, we asked for input from people on the Heat Index, and we got I saw on Twitter one mm-hmm. name at least on my post multiple times, and that was Brody King. And I think Brody King is my number yeah. five this week and your number five as well. He, I loved yep, more yes. than anything. the I liked the setup of the Royal Rampage match. And I liked that we got so many face-offs between people we've never seen. I liked that we got Adam Page versus Hobbs and Starks on numerous occasions. We got yep. Darby Allen versus Brody King in what was an, an awesome finale. The you know he had him choked out, hanging out over the ropes, and then just dropped him, dropped his dead body into the abyss. And he Brody King looked like a monster, and this is uh, kind of what everybody wanted to see when Brody King came in because the he's six five, covered in tattoos, he's kind of a monster. Yeah, and I got that nothing spot else to say where he on choked that. out Darby. Yeah, yeah. the The spot where he awesome. choked out Darby is just so cool, so cool. Yeah, yeah. and now and, and we get I watched Brody it a couple King of times back just to see and Darby like Darby went. <laughs> yeah. Limp. Oh, Darby was great. Dar- that, Darby was a huge part of that. Like his going limp and falling the way he did. Not everybody can do that. A lot of people are catching themselves on the way down. Not Darby Allen. Darby Allen's like, if I break my legs, I break my legs. Nope. Like he could have ended up looking like one of Vecna's victims on Stranger Things season four with all the broken limbs. Hopefully I'm not spoiling that for anybody. <laughs> Gruesome season four. Um, but Darby, I mean, he he was totally limp and he he sold it like a like a million bucks. And now we get Brody King versus John Moxley, which none of us had any clue we were gonna get. And I'm excited for it. I know Moxley's gonna win, but if Malachi Black gets involved, who knows? Yeah, we 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 could get we could get Moxley. Yeah, that could be really cool. We could get Moxley versus the entire House of Black, and that's something that's something really exciting. Yeah, that would be cool if we saw them kind of move on. If this really was a blow off with the Jericho group, and yeah, um, it kind of moved on hope- to BCC and the House of Black. Yeah, and then the internal, um, the thing with Moxley's friendship with uh, with Eddie versus Claudio, 
who he was clear like they clearly set that up for Claudio getting the getting the win and 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 Kingston getting mm-hmm. being disappointed that he couldn't get his revenge on Jericho. And they're clearly setting up something there. Yeah. Um I think it's going to be a slow burn. I kind of like how get the Mox payoff. plays that off, though. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Mox just sort of laughs it We're off both. whenever Eddie gets upset. <laughs> you're like, I love how Mox, how, how Mox plays that off. And I'm like, yeah. And you're like, yeah. And there's just dead silence for 20 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now, your, ne- your next is... So I've got my list in front of me, my heat index, but I don't necessarily have them in order, but I know my number one. So I will put, I've got Christian Cage and you've got Christian Cage slash Luchasaurus. So I didn't have Luchasaurus Mm -hmm. involved because I think, right, like I did like Dark Luchasaurus. I did enjoy that. And I think that's really exciting for the singles picture to have him involved now. Um all of a sudden, we've got Brody King in the singles picture. We've got Luchasaurus in the singles picture. And we're probably going to have Ortiz in it pretty soon. And that's mm-hmm. exciting. But Christian Cage with the turtleneck is such a great heel. To me, he's totally overshadowed. Yeah, I love the turtleneck. The tur- like that is, It's as good a heel outfit as Sammy Guevara has ever dreamed of. And Sammy and Ty are experts yeah. at dressing for the heel gimmick. And Christian comes by it so naturally. He creates so much heat so easily. And just wishing everybody, everybody dead. All of, all of Jungle Boy's family. And I, and I like that Jungle Boy's not back yet. We're going to have probably another couple weeks of this before Jungle Boy gets the, gets the return. And I'm wondering if he'll be totally alone. He probably will be. Um, fighting both luchasaurus yeah. and christian um it's it is mind-boggling yeah, I, that when christian that, came back love, in wwe that they just let him go it's mind-boggling he is so good mm-hmm. yeah he's yeah he's still got a lot of left in the tank and i love yeah. that he's basically straight up playing the guy who's dating your mom like <laughs> and that's you know, such an easily like, hateable yeah, position hey, yeah. Like it's such I've never quite seen that booking. character in wrestling before. No. Yeah. And uh, it's kind of surprising that we haven't because it's so it's so smart and it's so easy and you know what I think one of the reasons is AEW has one of the youngest rosters that's ever existed. And we haven't yeah. really had a roster we haven't had a situation where he is literally old enough to be dating Jungle Boy's mom. And yeah. uh, it's great. <laughs> John Laurinaitis had it right there in his hands in WWE. Oh, didn't, man. They didn't take advantage of him playing uh, uh, Brian Danielson's uh, stepdad. And that's a real shame because clearly he is an stepdad excellent law, healer yeah. in real life. Yeah. <laughs> an excellent heel. Which, by the way, right now I have to jump in. The balls on Vince McMahon. He is never in the public eye yeah. until he is getting accused of <laughs> actual rape yeah. and this big big payoff cover-up. Mm-hmm. And now he's at the UFC. Front row at the UFC, yep. Front row, it's him. 
his it's him it's steph mm -hmm. the ceo yeah it's triple h and you didn't it, it took a while to see it but nick khan mm -hmm. sitting right next to pat mcafee in his yep. neck brace <laughs> his neck brace my god top. <laughs> it was that whole scene was awesome mind-boggling like real life if i was a serious adult yeah i'd have been horrified but i'm not a serious adult and I was loving every second. How much time did they Just, spend on it showing them? Um, literally, I saw online that they walked into the arena five minutes ago, yeah. and then they put them on screen, and they got a solid 10, 15 seconds on camera. But then um, when the main event started mm -hmm. and the camera's on Israel Adesanya, I see a guy behind him. I'm like, that's Nick Khan. I'm like, is that Nick Khan? Then I see one half of the neck brace. I'm like, that's Nick Khan. He's sitting right <laughs> next to Pat McAfee. Um, so you think the, uh, th you think the uh, Undertaker entrance thing, is that something that like Nick Khan worked out? Like, is that something they arranged or you think it was just like, because it's I the coincidence it, of them doing that and having the power center of WWE in the room. You know what? I bet because Vince and Dana are friends. Yeah. And everybody says, oh, they were down the road from each other. They weren't down the road from each other. They were literally across the street from one another. Yeah. They, they were literally just the walked, walked over from the pay-per-view, right? From, from Yeah, they probably... Bank. That is a two-minute cab ride. Yeah. If they hopped in a limo, it was it's legit... Two, it's under two minutes to right. get there. Um, I hadn't thought of that, but I bet they talked about it. I bet that... I bet this happened backstage... I bet the day before they were there at weigh-ins, talked to Israel. He probably asked about it. It was my only disappointment was that Israel didn't have he didn't have the the duster. He didn't have the overcoat. Or oh, okay, whatever. I haven't seen the clip of, that the I Undertaker had. Yeah. yeah, but he had the hat. He had a hat, a very similar hat. He had an urn that had his opponent's name on it, said Jared <laughs> on it. That's awesome because he was carrying out the ashes of the man he was about to murder. Mm. Um, and and what I, I I was the only one that got a kick out of this. He of course, everybody's ushered to the ring by ushers, right? Wearing like these these kind of red mm -hmm. blazers. And I know that Paul Bear's blazer wasn't red, but the fact he had two guys with blazers on, <laughs> it, it felt a lot like a yeah. Paul Bear type situation with nice. him. Okay, that is my big digression of the week from the yeah. heat index. Let's. <laughs> Let's go to number three. I had this guy at number two, but our lists are so similar. I'm I'm cool sticking at number three. Freaking Orange Cassidy's had a hell of a week. He's man, back, baby. Ever since Forbidden Door. Yeah. He is back and they are using him to the fullest extent. Yeah. Um, I mean, honestly, when 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 you're working to kind of have Adam Page out of the title picture for for the moment, mm -hmm. that and you've lost everybody else. Mm -hmm. He's the number two face in the company right now. Pretty like after much. Moxley, I think it's Orange, and um, he is a guy that you can that you can put in the mid card, and you can put in major matches, and he can pull off either. And that's not something I, I knew about Orange Cassidy yeah. when he came in, and I was very excited about him coming in, but I never thought he'd be a main eventer. And good for him. Like yeah. he is much older than most people mm -hmm. realize. Mm -hmm. He's in his forties. And I'm really excited that he's getting some years on top here. But yeah, um, yeah he it, he feels a little. I don't know if he's actually is that different, or I just like 
remembered him differently, but his time off, I was pretty tired of him when he, mm-hmm. you know, he, when he beat um, Adam Cole, Adam Cole. Yeah. At the, Out of the blue for no reason. Yeah. In a match that didn't count. And, and yeah. I was just pretty, I was like, okay, this axe played out. Like even if they even, yeah. I was even at the point where I was like, if they let him go or release him, I won't even care. Oh and, my God. You heartless yeah. monster. Well, he'll land on his feet. He always does. <laughs> Um, he always does. And, uh, but man, when he came back and then even when he came back, uh, and was just sort of doing shenanigans outside with like Satnam Singh and stuff like that. I was like, yeah, All right, he's, he's just kind of playing the funny thing. Yeah. But man, that Osprey match. Yeah. Like that was in, and he has yeah. carried that momentum yes. into the Ethan and Page then, match. And then, and then the new presentation with the new song is just killer. And, yeah. uh, and a lot of it had to do with that, um, led setup they had for the, for the ramp and the, I and love the that. I, love I really like that. I would really like to keep it. Someone said that they can only do it in the bigger arenas because of how it's, uh, I don't know, but, but like just I, the I way that, that they yeah. hit that when the, you know, the, the piano intro and then when the guitar kicks mm-hmm. in, the entire thing turns white and he comes out. Like, I was like, man, that's an entrance. Even, even with, even, and, and hey, we, you kind of buried the lead that Chucky e was back. I loved it because all week everybody is talking about, oh my God, Chuck Taylor, he's getting released. His, his Twitter's gone black and he deleted yeah. all his tweets. He's definitely been released. <laughs> and then boom, he yeah. is, here he is wearing young bucks like attire, yeah. <laughs> the most colorful, obnoxious shit you've ever seen. Yep. As if to say, I am here, all eyes on me, mother, yep. mother effers. Yep. I'm not gone. Yep. And he's never going to be gone. <laughs> he is AW for life. Tony Khan said he owed him after they kind of wrestled a thousand matches in one day during yep. COVID. Yep. My God, he's, he's, he's five-star Chucky. He's a five-star machine is what he is. Yeah. Oh my great. God. No. Um, yeah. But I love that not, match. I, I really liked that match. And it was such a great really match liked to have match. on the blood and guts show. Because it, was it was good storytelling. Nice, it was like yeah. a nice aperitif, like a, just yeah. a light appetizer for the show. And it felt like a little bit of a boost for Ethan Page because Orange is coming off having the match. Almost everybody agrees. Mm-hmm. Although I kind of felt like that was, I said that like Trump, like everybody agrees. <laughs> um, Many people most are people think Orange Cassidy had the best match on, on Forbidden yeah. Door and then to put Ethan Page against him yeah. out coming off of that. It felt like a step up for Ethan Page. Mm-hmm. And, I, and he, had a, he had a great match as well. And it was um, contrived, I, but it was fun. I I didn't pick up on it until someone pointed out later that uh, with the whole time he kept pumping the hands like Hulk Hogan to do the yeah. body slam, and it, I didn't yeah. even put it together that he was doing. And he it tried in twice and couldn't do yeah, it, but that he did it in Detroit I, where they did WrestleMania three. It didn't even. You know when I yeah. You know when I put two and two together on that. The second you said it, just now, <laughs> when you same. just told me it was the same. Someone yeah. said it. I was like, oh, of course. The thing is, we've. This is what Tony Khan does. He ha- he he always tells stories that involve the history of wrestling in that building or in that town. Yeah, and we need to start like thinking about that when they say we're going to this town. Yeah, like okay, did Owen like not to be crass here, but did Owen Hart die in that building? Right. You know, did what what happened in the history of wrestling in that building? Yeah. And we'll probably start. Be, we'll probably be able to predict some of these things moving. They forward. were. They were. Uh, you know, um, Eddie Kingston, who we might get to in a minute, uh, mm-hmm. 
did an, a local interview in Detroit the day of Blood and Guts or the day before Blood and Guts, like local TV mm-hmm. hit, which was hilarious because it's like every local TV show, you, you know, TV news interview you've ever seen, except then they go, yeah. and it's just Eddie Kingston, <laughs> just being Eddie <laughs> Kingston in a hotel room. <laughs> and one of the things he said was uh, when they decided to do Blood and Guts, Tony Khan asked Eddie, Eddie got to like weigh in on where to do the show. And mm-hmm. he said, oh, it's got to be Detroit because Detroit is home of the chic. Like they're that. Oh, okay. Like, uh, the matches that they had there, he's like Brody, the chic, like that, that like blood and guts matches have to be in Detroit. And so I thought that was fun, you know, that they were like, he's on local news talking about yeah. the reason we did this here is because the history of wrestling that shows was, in this town. I'll go ahead and say this right now. That was my should have been on dynamite. And I would love it if they did a weekly segment that was like <laughs> your local news interview segment of the week. Yeah. And I would love that. <clears throat> and it should always be an Eddie Kingston. Yeah. They need to do always. like a cooking segment, like a local news cooking segment with him. Where he's like trying to figure out oh how my to like God. heat up an enchilada or something. That would be fantastic. <laughs> okay. Your number two. Yeah. Is Eddie Kingston. Is Eddie Kingston. He's yeah. not, he didn't make my top five. Give me the reasons he's your number two. I felt like he was the main character of like, I feel like the, the, in a, in a way, I mean, Claudio was kind of the focus cause he was the fresh guy, but like the story mm-hmm. was Eddie getting at Jericho. Well, and, and that the, the thing that made me feel that the most was when Eddie actually entered that match and he had that kendo mm-hmm. stick and it's just whacking dudes that like, was without thought or malice, just, to the side, just trying to get to Jericho. That was one of my favorite moments in the whole match. There are a few things that I like less in wrestling history than kendo sticks. For yeah, some I hate kendo sticks too. And thumb But dice. he got that kendo stick so over because it was real. Like the way he was doing it was like he wants to kill Chris Jericho. Yeah. It was the best use of a kendo stick I've ever seen. They were also like um, Regal was putting it over on commentary really well. Regal was, that Regal? was awesome yeah. on commentary. Regal was great. Regal was fantastic. And he talked about how like there's few things in wrestling that hurt as much as a kendo yeah. stick. Um, but like you said, the, the kind of the two focuses were Claudio and Eddie. Mm-hmm. And we assume they're going to be, uh, this is leading to a Claudio versus Eddie. And like Eddie kind of helped start. Eddie was one of the, Claudio was 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 featured early mm-hmm. until Eddie gets in, mm-hmm. and then Eddie is is trying to do a finisher on the top, and Claudio kind of steals the glory with his finisher. Yeah, like they, they were they were linked kind of throughout this match, right? And that they were, I guess, getting played against each other, kind of for who yeah, was the focus a little bit. And I loved the um, some people, some of the people who were criticizing, didn't like that Eddie was just kind of ended up kind of generally being cool with Claudio at the end of the match. Like he should have been madder. Yeah. I thought it yeah. was great. I, I sat and watched and took notes on like everything he did, you know, the moment from, from the time that Claudio got the win to the end of the show. And you just saw this emotional journey. Now, part of it was like yeah. real life because he kind of, he didn't realize he was on camera and basically just said, I can't get to my feet <laughs> when Claudio was trying to lift him <laughs> up. He's like, I can't get up. My back's out. And, uh, oh my God. And, but his whole thing, I, I feel whole thing was feel as everyone's celebrating. Yeah, I bet. And he's just looking down at the ground, shaking his head. 
you know, and like motioning to the fans, like I was this close, I was this close. And then every time they'd raise his hand, he'd raise his hand and then just like shrug it down. You know, he'd kind of look over at Claudio a little bit while Claudio is like, Hey, you know, and then finally at the end, Claudio literally walks up to him and says, I'm sorry. Like, I'm sorry. I didn't, you know, I didn't mean to take that from you. And Eddie's like, ah, you know, I can't be mad. We won the match. I really liked that part. Yeah. Because Eddie's always unhappy. Right. He's always unhappy with yeah. everybody. And to me, that would have been a step too far, far that like, or it would have just been, I don't know, a little annoying. If he's so angry, he can't even talk to Claudio afterwards. Right, right. And they had that moment. You could tell he like, was like, you know, bo- yeah. you know, whatever. Right. It's in the past. And Mox even brought him over and kind of like put his arm around both yeah. of them and like whatever, yeah. you know. And Exactly. I liked that a lot. It so, makes me wonder... It, just one last on the blend guts thing is, yeah. uh, it makes me wonder Danielson would have been in that Claudio spot. And it yeah. makes me wonder if they had it all, the whole story plotted out and Cesaro, cause I could see that exact same thing happening throughout the match. Well, and they were set, first. they were setting up. Yeah. Yeah. They were setting up Brian, not liking Eddie right. weeks ago, right? Weeks ago. And they actually brought in as his replacement someone that yeah. everyone knows he actually dislikes. Yeah, it was perfect. And that's what makes me wonder if they were just like, well, this is perfect. perfect. We don't even have to change the plan of the match. <laughs> yes. It could all be the exact, be exactly same, the same. Just with more big spins. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> which I can't think of anything Daniel Brian Danielson could have done on top of that cage that could have topped that. No, I don't um, think so either. So I... I didn't have Eddie Kingston in here. Yeah. I had, but it, I had um, Adam Page, but I didn't have him at number two. I had him a little lower. Okay. Um, just I really, I really liked his time in the in the Royal Rampage mm-hmm. match. Yeah, I really liked him versus um, versus uh, Hobbs. Hobbs, yeah, Starks. that was great. I loved his spots with John Silver. <laughs> yes. I just really like. I really really. Again, I think he's better. He's better building towards a title run than he was as champion, and he wasn't a bad champion at yeah. all. Um, but I don't know. I just I really liked the way they used him in the Royal Rampage match. I think he was going to be my number four or number five, and we both had the same number one, and that's Claudio. Yeah, I can't argue with it. I was complaining about him last week, but I was also really tired. <laughs> you hadn't had your Snickers I, I, yet. I, yeah, I said I said last week that I had an irrational negativity about him coming in. And the thing is, you knew it was irrational. You knew it was irrational. You knew it. Yeah, and it was. And I, and I felt it too. The thing is, I, I I felt what you were feeling, but to a much lesser degree. Yeah. And that it did feel like another WWE guy, but he's somebody that I've wanted there for years. Yeah. And he just, I guess he had a longer term contract. And I wish, I wish he would have left years and years ago. Yeah. Like as soon as Vince made him stop doing the big swing because fans were liking it, like he doesn't need to be here. Man, he does <laughs> not. He's getting over, right. so we have to take away everything the fans like. Yeah, and I think and, uh, I think at Forbidden Door, I think I still saw a little bit of the WWE Claudio. Like he hadn't really just he it's wasn't like take a, light a little switch. while. It wasn't like a light switch yeah. where he's just like, oh, this is how I'm gonna work now, you know. And yeah. so I was I mean, a little how- like, okay, this is a little too much, like you got too much chocolate, my peanut butter kind of thing, you know. And <laughs> has he been in WWE like seven years now? I think like eleven. Ele- my God. No, that's the thing is I'll look it up. 
if you would have asked me, I would have said three years. But I know with everybody in WWE, it's always much longer. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, like you can't just walk away from wrestling one style for 10 or 11 years. Yeah, 11 years. And then just go back. Wow. If you count him well, going to Florida Championship. He made his money. Yeah. yeah, he did. Like if he's, he made his money, good for him. Now he can be a wrestler again along with Brian Daniels. And you can tell he's loving it. Um, yes, you can. He, I think you he can. fits in well. I think Regal told his story so well, like presented mm-hmm. him as why he belongs in the group. Like Regal convinced yeah. me. You know, like when he told the yeah. story about my last match as a wrestler was against Claudio Castagnoli and he ended my career by stomping on my head with both feet. <laughs> like, I was like, that's, that's oh. how you get him over, you know? I love that that story has us both smiling like children. Right. Like, like I love, I love, like, I love yeah. that part of wrestling. Right. Um, and so him yeah, throwing around in, Sammy, those giant dude, flying European uppercuts, like my God, people were eating in it up. seven days. Yeah. He had the huge debut at forbidden door against Zack Sabre. Great match. He's, mm-hmm. he, he's, he's lifting Sammy off the ground. Yeah. He's, 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 doing running spots on top of the cage, doing the swing. Like, he has had a great week. He has just had a hell of a week. Yeah. Um, You know, it all, it almost feels like, let me see how to put it. I was worried he wouldn't come in like a big deal when I think he should be because mm-hmm. he is an incredible talent. And uh, this is one of the best first weeks anybody's had. And let's hope he doesn't just. I don't think so because of the situation they put him in with Blackpool. Um, I hope he doesn't get like treated like Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland have. And I don't think he will because Blackpool is the folk is a huge focus right now. At the same time, like yeah, they're they're basically like this is like a the real season premiere kind of thing. Like that was like the season finale of AEW, and and now we don't even know the direction they're gonna go. It kind of felt like like I expected this after Double or Nothing, mm-hmm. and they clearly had to put all this off mm-hmm. for that month build to Forbidden Door, but they didn't quite even know what the matches were going to be, right. and that led to the chaos right. and a really shitty month of AEW. But this felt like the week after WrestleMania. It felt like a re- reset, yeah. kind of. In a way, it or did, the beginning yeah. of a reset. Mm-hmm. Um one other one other issue a lot of people have with blood and guts is that both times we've had blood and guts, it wasn't a finale to the story. It was just right a Another part step. of the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I hope I hope this was the end of this story and we can move on. Uh, but doesn't feel like it. We'll see. Yeah, they definitely. I mean, they definitely left it open where Eddie didn't get Jericho. Yeah, so we'll see if they just sort of go off of that, you know, kind of just be like, well, we just that's how it's going to end or you know. Maybe Eddie at some point burns Chris Jericho to a crisp. Right. Burns him to death, <laughs> murders him yeah. like a WWE storyline. Right. Then Chris Jericho can go on his cruise, yeah. be off for a month and come back refreshed. Yeah. Like good. every literally everyone wants him to. Right. <laughs> literally everyone. We didn't get fire. I totally expected fire and blood and guts. That's, that was a big surprise. Yeah. We didn't get any fire. Yeah. I mean, it's the home of the Sheik. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I think I've told this story before, but one of my favorite fire stories 
It was in Mid-South Wrestling. I believe it was Skandar Akbar and somebody. I can't remember who. Skandar Akbar threw a fireball into somebody's face. Mm -hmm. And the next week, Jim Ross is outraged and is interviewing him. And Skandar Akbar is explaining, I didn't throw a fireball at anybody. That man was so drunk. Yes. He was so covered in alcohol that coming near me, my cigar made him spontaneously burst into flame. And whenever there's a fireball, I think of that. And I remember that situation. And it's one of my favorite explanations in wrestling history. Was it Chris Adams? It might have been Chris. I like. I have no memory of who it was. It was someone All who of had, my had attention. some sort of real life, real life drinking problem. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It was yeah. something that was a, like a little like out like that was like the eighties before I even knew there was you know behind the scenes stuff and you were kind of yeah like, oh, exactly kind of know that guy. Yeah, I remember that. That was such a great. Yeah, that see, and to me, Skandar Agbar, that explanation was so great. Like I literally never once again even thought about the man that was lit on fire. Like that was just out. All I cared about was Skandar Akbar's side of that. So let's see. We got Dynamite. We had Danhausen. He'd been challenged by the ass claimed to come up with the, with some partners. They did not expect those partners to be FTR. Yeah. And it made me so happy. Danhausen and FTR. Again, something I didn't know I needed to see until it happened. Um, Anthony Bowens, of course, all healed up. That was a big surprise. Yeah, was awesome. And the people loved it, too. Like, it was, a, it and was then, a big surprise. Yeah. By the way, the acclaimed almost made my heat index. Because I think, like, right now, Forbidden Door gave everyone a reason to cheer the acclaimed. Because mm-hmm. everybody wanted to cheer the acclaimed. Because mm-hmm. they're so over scissor me daddy ass mm-hmm, is so over mm-hmm. and i actually read a um instead of re-watching dynamite today i um because i want like by the way the stranger things final episode everyone no spoilers it's two hours and 20 minutes oh, man. that's one of the reasons i didn't re-watch all the shows today <laughs> i didn't expect that to be two hours 20 minutes i loved that it was didn't see that coming um so i did a. Uh, it was like a cage side seats recap, like I read, of of Dynamite and Rampage, and they they claimed that no one saw Billy Gunn turning on his son's coming. You and I saw that day one, weeks out. Yeah, day, day one. one, absolutely, because he clearly loved the acclaim, yes. mesh with them perfectly, mm-hmm. and I love that AEW is going there. That they the. The man has literally chosen two random wrestlers over his children, I w- his blood. I wonder if Tony's working out some daddy issues between this and Christian. <laughs> I wonder if there's like some stuff surfacing. Okay, we need to start paying attention to that. We need to start doing a, a, a daddy issues update every now <laughs> yeah. and then. Daddy issues Tony Khan's daddy issues update. Right. Yeah, the daddy issues index. <laughs> oh, man. I, I enjoyed this match a lot. Yeah. I enjoyed... FTR doing what they do. Yeah. So I think, okay, tell me if I'm wrong here. So previously, before Anthony Bowens was hurt, Mm -hmm. I was loving the acclaimed, but I was really loving Max Caster. Yeah. And while Anthony Bowens has been hurt, there's been such a focus on the acclaimed have arrived in his yelling out the city that I feel like he's a bigger deal now than he was before. And also, mm-hmm. 
his his kind of um, interactions with Billy Gunn during all this have also built him up. And I feel like these guys are going to be bigger than ever. And they almost beat out Ty Conti's skirt for my <laughs> my honorable mention. They came real close, man. Yeah. Real close. I, I wouldn't argue so, with that. I, it didn't even occur to me. But yeah, they they have definitely become something. They have something. And they're so good yeah. at what they're doing. It makes me think they might even, you might, you could, you could change nothing and have them be faces. Yeah. You could no, change yeah, nothing. Yeah, absolutely. And they're over. They're 100% over. People want to cheer them. They're the um, new age outlaws. It's going to be interesting. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be interesting. Yeah, which is yeah, ironic they considering they have Billy Gunn with them. But like, yeah, they, they've <laughs> got to create like the, uh, like trans, uh, Gulf of Mexico tag team championships or something. (laughs) You know, when the six man, when the trios titles arrive, that's a hell of a trio, right? Oh, that would be pretty fun. I would love that. And then of course have the ass boys Mm -hmm. somehow get a third, whoever that is to come in and face them. (laughs) Oh my God. Yes. That would be perfect. I would love it. It'd be perfect and horrible at the same time. Yeah, it would. Yeah, I, I have a feeling Road Dog is not as good in the ring in 2022 as Billy Gunn. But I'll tell you, I'll if hit. like you know the with the Bucks, you know I know everyone's like put the Bucks on FTR on a collision course, but yeah. like I would really like to see the Bucks like have a few defenses against some of these teams and and like I mean yeah, a TV main event of the acclaimed going against the Bucks for the tag titles would be pretty big. Like, I don't know about you ratings know, wise, but in terms of like crowd reaction. There's another tag team I want to talk about real quick mm-hmm. from the Royal Rampage. Butcher and the Blade yep. look like monsters. Yeah. Like their ring entrances, when just seeing them, they are so awesome. Yeah. And I really hope, I really hope Butcher doesn't get hurt again and they can get a good run. And I know that this week they've got a match against Swerve and Keith Lee. Yeah, that could be a really, really that could good be really match. fun. Keith Lee and the Butcher could be really fun. Did you oh see the God, spot where yeah. uh, where um, uh, Max Caster tried to scissor uh, the Butcher? I did. I in missed the, it in the Royal Rampage. Wait, no, I saw it. Yeah, I did you know, see Butcher it. Butcher does I that did. thing where he puts the fingers up to his chin. Yeah, and Max and he kind of <laughs> thought about it, like he was going to do it. But then he didn't. <laughs> That's such a tiny thing that 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 really delivers with fans. Yeah, I love that yeah. so much. I love that a lot. Um, okay, so Danhausen got the pin because he is clearly, I mean, he's six seven over three hundred pounds. Right, oh my God, he's a monster. How's he not going to get the pin in this yeah. match? A monster. Um, Jade Cargill defeated Layla Gray. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing is, like Chris Statlander and Athena ran in. Mm-hmm. And then Layla Gray tried to to like help right. Jade as she's beating him down, and she got like tossed aside. Yeah, like so Stokely, I don't know. Stokely is like leading her over there, saying, "This is your chance." Yeah, and so it's like and Jade, yeah, and Jade's not having it. That's really it was a weird, no. interesting dynamic. Re- really interesting, and um, let's see, had a good had a Jonathan Gresham promo, um. What they're building to a match with him and Samoa Joe? Is that it? I can't remember this. One no, though. I think I they haven't really said like he he's sort of re, just sort of reintroducing himself. 
yeah. because he's only been on AEW television once. So he's kind of like reminding yeah. everyone that he's actually the world champion of Ring of Honor. It's interesting how Rampage has kind of become the ROH. Like the, it's like half the show is yeah. like basically Ring of Honor. You know, AEW, AEW, when it began, was kind of like the indie, the pro wrestling of the indies. Mm -hmm. And that they brought together all these great indie workers. And for the last couple of years, they've been giving us the best of hardcore, the best of like right. in hardcore indie, like Orange Cassidy indie scene. Yeah. Um, and now they're kind of the home of a million titles from these different indie federations. I mean, if you want to like, I mean, count triple A as an indie, you've got triple A titles floating around ROH titles floating around a million titles floating around. And honestly, it just doesn't seem that strange. It just doesn't. Cause this is, this is AEW. It's every indie federation, every style yeah. all together, all at once. Yeah. And uh, everywhere all at once. Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, which is an excellent movie. Um, let's see. We had Young Bucks versus uh, Hiroshi, Hiroshi Goto and Yoshihashi. I, the fans did not seem into this one. I, I really, I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, I, I actually wasn't all that into it until the second half. Yeah, I think I, I think I think I had just been like, okay, I had my forbidden door fix and it just felt like I, a leftover, I kind of feel like, like match. I think you just nailed it I think we went through a lot to get to forbidden door a lot of garbage yeah and then we got forbidden door and it was awesome and then it was over and we're back to real AEW except for this match but also I hate the step I've always hated the step if you can beat the champions yeah you can get a shot at the title right well, if you beat the champions, you should have the title. Yeah. Period. And so that and, was a little annoying. And it, yeah, and it would have. I guess maybe they did that because maybe they introduced some uncertainty. Because if they had said we're defending the titles against you, everyone would have known. Well, they're going to yeah. lose. But I don't yeah. know. That's. I think that's overthinking it. But um, yeah, they could have just as easily said, "Hey, part of the matches we were trying to put together for Forbidden Door was a World Tag Team Title match and." It didn't work out for that to happen, so we're going to have it here. We're going to defend the titles yeah. against them. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you, that end, that ending of that match, though, with Nick Jackson doing the double springboard twice in a row. That was awesome. That was, that was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Nick Jackson. By the way, I think one of the reasons I liked this Dynamite so much, there wasn't that much on it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um. You had the blood. The, the, you had the blood and guts match was an hour. Mm -hmm. They set aside an hour for that. You had a couple other matches. That's it. And they didn't and try to do great. too much. They didn't try to do angles. Yeah, they were all basically it house show matches, just crowd pleasing matches. Yeah, and now and on Rampage, you know, there wasn't. There's they didn't pack too much into Rampage either. They didn't pack too much into anything this week. Maybe Goto rubbed off a little. On Tony Khan, like we all hoped <laughs> yeah. he had. Yeah. Um, we chill out just a Vince, little bit. Because I am a consummate professional, uh -huh. I watched all of Dynamite live. Mm -hmm. I watched all of Rampage live mm -hmm. and apparently turned off the damn show before the main event. I had no <laughs> idea that I missed this show until I started reading recaps today. Yeah. I have not seen Tony Storm versus Nyla Rose 
except some photos on Wrestle Talk, and that's it. <laughs> I don't know how. Um, I did know that Marina, like I'd seen a video. I think I saw an AEW video about it. Um, the recap I read actually does a really good job of in, of putting in YouTube clips from AEW because mm-hmm. they kind of put up a YouTube clip right. of every match. Yeah. So I saw that Marina was kind of the sidekick, which I guess after uh, Thunder Rosa sandbagged her, right. they had no choice but to throw her back into the sidekick right. role. I yeah. really, really would like for her to get over and to work, but she just is has it hasn't happened yet. Um, so you say Thunder Rosa makes the save to set up a tag match. Mm-hmm. Was the save was was Tony Storm getting double teamed heavily yeah. by Nyla and Marina? Yeah, so Storm. I got saw the, the like double jumped in, and Thunder. I saw Rosa like the double out. DDT. Was it on the outside uh, of, from Tony to them? I think so. Honestly, I'd, yeah, I think I'd, so. It was not a memorable match. It's not something you go out of your way to see. Maybe I did see it. And I just, just have just no forgot. memory. Yeah. Just yeah, none. But Excalibur instantly labeled them this new tag team, Thunderstorm. Oh my God. And they've built it Why that not? Way on the graphics. Yeah, let's go. Okay. Yeah. That makes okay. That that works. I'm not there's there I'm are not worse, totally opposed there are worse to that. Uh, tag team ship names. Like like uh dudes with attitudes. Right. Which was terrible <laughs> in the eighties or terrible in the nineties and terrible in twenty twenty. What quick that reminded me though, quick story that I saw on Twitter. I almost wrote it down here, but um Darby Allen on his Twitter posted a photo with a kid and he said, mm-hmm. Hey, if you run into the airport, you might get a skateboard because Ooh. it was a kid who was like taking a photo with him. And then the next photo was of the kid holding the skateboard. And it was his, um, it was the skateboard that he rode down to the ring or at least had with him down the ring at forbidden door that had like Sharpie in there that said dudes with attitudes on it. And had Sting's okay. name written on it, had Shingo's name written on it, um, and Darby's basically autographed by Shingo, Sting, and Darby. Okay. And he's His carrying what? it home, and this kid's like, hey, whatever, I, you know, I like, I'm your fan, and I like skating. So he gives him the skateboard, and the last picture on the Twitter is the kid riding the skateboard away in the airport. I just That's love that. awesome. Yeah. I love that. And And listen, as much as I like making fun of dudes with attitudes... It was a big part of like my junior high experience yeah. slash high school experience. And I liked that match. And my God, would I love to have that skateboard on my wall. <laughs> I, I hope that kid has that forever. Yeah. I really hope so. Yeah. Um, there's a guy that I follow on Instagram. I think I sent this to you. And I don't know what he does for AW. And he doesn't have a ton of followers. He's got like 800 followers. And he talks about this awesome picture. I think he's like, I can't believe like. Something to do with this is an awesome picture I took, and it's just a picture of the rearview mirror in a car, oh, yeah. and Sting in full face paint sitting in the back, yeah, staring kind of ominously, and it's hilarious and it's awesome, yeah. Like they're we are getting so much greatness out of Sting and Darby Allen, mm-hmm. so much more than I ever expected. I really, considering how much I hated the way they introduced Sting, mm-hmm. not his introduction, but the fact we got what seems like 36 straight weeks of this week, we're going to hear from Stan. Yeah, right. And he just comes out, says a couple things and leaves yeah. to the point that it was, it was so monotonous. Yeah. And now it's so great. Everything they do with Stan is wonderful. Even though maybe they shouldn't have him jumping off high things. It's still great. Yeah. And I love that from Darby. I really love that. 
Okay, so looking ahead, we're going to Rochester, New York. Yep. Um, we got Moxley versus Brody King for the AEW interim title. Scorpio Sky versus Wardlow for the TNT title. Um, seems like that should be a bigger deal than it is, but they have done. Yeah, they just rushed right they've into They've had it. Wardlow versus garbage people for yeah. weeks now, yep. and they've totally killed that, it feels like. Um, and then it, this could have been a return to greatness for the TNT title, but Wardlow's going to have to make it great mm-hmm. when it could have just been a big deal from the beginning. Right. I, I feel like they've mishandled this, Kevin. I do too. If they had just had week one when they were in LA, yeah, first rampage in LA or, or it should have just been, yeah. I don't care about the world title. I want the TNT title. I should have had it already. I yeah. want it now. Right. And, and then like, okay, it gets yeah. put off a couple weeks cause he's hurt. And we just have Wardlow coming out. Like, where are you? Right. Where are you calling him out every week? Right. Like, Oh yeah. Like Jay Lethal is doing to Samoa Joe. Just like, Hey, when are you going to show up to work? Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> It's perfect. Okay, so uh, we got those. We've got Swerve and Keith Lee versus the Butcher and the Blade. That's awesome. Yep. Thunderstorm versus Nyland Marina. That's a good match. And then Christian and Luchasaurus are going to wish more people were dead yep. and probably murder more people in the ring. Again, I like I like Dark Luchasaurus. I kind of um, do too. He's very cane like, but I like it. I like New Age. Very cane like, yeah. and it's a it's a it's a pretty decent transition into kind of their own version of Kane. Mm-hmm. And let's be honest, Luchasaurus, outside of his growls, he's never cut the best promos. Yeah, this is a good situation for him because Jungle Boy does not need a spokesperson. Luchasaurus kind of does. This this really works. And again, I'm I'm excited to have him in the singles division. Yeah. That's a pretty stacked episode of dynamite, man. Yeah. It's only four matches. So they'll probably announce six or seven. Yeah. More most likely. Some, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. And, so now then, then rampage is, uh, I guess all ROH. I mean, it seems like half the show is ROH now. And yeah. it's sort of an ongoing thing. And so this week that is Jonathan Gresham and Lee Moriarty against Tully Blanchard's tag team. Toa and Co Cohen Kwan 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 Kwan. Why not? Yeah. Let's let's say it's Kwan. Who we, who we saw one time on the last ROH pay per view, and we haven't heard yep. from since, other than a little. Yeah, bit and more. I was like, why? Again, like they signed Brian Cage, they did an extension. We have seen that man. Yeah. Twice, one promo on the, and then the the match on that pay per view. That was it. By the way, this reminds me. God knows why. What did you think of Roosh? In the in the royal rampage, I think if he had had, I was fine with it if he had already had like some sort of very impressive in ring debut. Yeah, but the fact that that like, was his in ring debut, they should have just put Andrade in. He's no selling chops, right? And he's like taking people down with single blows. Yeah, and um, like they clearly want to establish him as a big deal. It seemed like a forced way to do it, right? Um. And the kind of thing that was like, as soon as he came in, you realized he had nothing to do with the end of this match. He was just there to like, you know, do his storyline stuff with Pentagon and, right, you know, fall out of the ring together. Which okay, I did like now how we've they got fell out. By the way, though, I did like how they that like, yeah the way that they pulled each there other out. There were so yeah. many spots that I don't remember that I would love to have talked about in yeah. that match. Like I really I tried to not get over how much I like that yeah. match. 
see that that stranger things finale man it throws off your whole day um so we've got a lot of stuff coming up we've got death before dishonor mm-hmm. in J- july 23rd yeah um which is Samoa Joe versus Jay Lee. Well, think these go are ahead. all guesses. Yeah. Yeah. These are all guesses. Get, take me through your guesses. Okay. I'm thinking Samoa Joe versus Jay Lethal is the match they've been building to for weeks. They ha- it has to it has be, to that, be that. I I would think. Uh, I'm kind of thinking, I'm wondering if Brian Cage is going to show up uh, Friday. Jonathan Gresham. Challenger. Technical versus wizard Brian, Brian Cage, Cage would be awesome. Yeah. That I, I, And again, I hate to. I, I, I go back to this a lot and that I do wish they had more storylines like this in wrestling. It takes me back to Frank Mir's first match against Brock Lesnar yeah. when Brock beat him for every second of that fight mm-hmm. until, until Brock passed. <laughs> yeah. And you can do that with Brian Cage. You can have him beat the, the, the ever living tar yeah. out of Jonathan Gresham until Gresham gets an ankle lock or something. Yeah. And I would, that would be perfect. And I would love to see him continually, have that happen in a feud yeah. where he keeps dominating but keeps losing because the other guy is just too technical. Yeah. And how can this tiny little midget beat him? I don't know. I'd be super into that. Uh, FTR versus Tully Blanchard Enterprises seems right. Yeah. Like that's – So I'm thinking nothing, they'll – There's no better match. That's kind of part of what I'm thinking Brian Cage will show up Friday well, because I can see what I can see happening is Brian Cage showing up and getting that tag team to win, and that's how they justify them getting the FTR title shot. Yeah. And and here's another way I can justify that. Outside of FTR, this is the only tag team in right, ROH much. at the moment. Right. And they're managed by FTR's old manager. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that kind of – that's the only match for, for FTR here. Um, Wheeler Universe, Daniel Garcia. That's interesting. That would be really fun. Yeah, there's. Oh, I can't remember where it was, but there's been some, like a little bit they've been doing on like dark and uh, stuff, kind of building up to that. And uh, I don't recall anything in Blood and Guts where they, if they did any spots that made you think they were on a collision course or anything. But right, they're they're kind of counterparts in the in the two factions, so I could see that happening, and that would be a great match. Yeah. By the way. Looking at this, in the next match you have laid out, the next possibility, Mercedes Martinez or Serena Deeb. Yeah. This is a hell of a card, man. Yeah. I would and I would buy like this card. Bucks. I will buy this card 100%. Yeah. Um, let's see. So we've got All Out, September the 4th. Yeah. Where is the now arena? What's What city is that? That's Chicago. That's where they've always had All okay. Out. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So some people were I, wondering if they were going to upgrade it to the United Center, but. Now Arena is the is the traditional home of All Out. Okay, I I made double or nothing, but I missed a match. Yeah, and then wandered the desert for <laughs> weeks afterwards. Um, I really wanted to go to Forbidden Door and I missed it. I am saying right now, if anybody else from from uh, Fight Game Media is is looking at going, I am going to do everything in my power to make All Out. Oh, man. I've got. I love Chicago. I've got really good friends there. I would like to see. Um, I'll, I have the money. Um, I'm going to try. I'm going to really try and make all out this year. And wow. uh, yeah, let's see. And I don't then think, Grand yeah. Grand Slam September 21st. This is going to be a gonna be a stacked September, yeah. man. Yeah, they've been promoting uh, that, and I, and I I'm really glad they're they're doing this. I I, I like. 
I like their beach blasts. I like them having right. names for shows that aren't necessarily pay-per-views. Mm-hmm. And they're kind of like, again, in the parlance of a Southern, of a Southern middle-aged man, <laughs> kind of like a little clash of champions. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And I've, and I've always liked that because as a kid, I didn't have a lot of money. And so clash of champions right. was essentially the first pay-per-view I ever saw exactly. before I was able to start saving my money and actually buying pay-per-views. Yeah. Same here. And it kind of, it got, it, it gave me the taste. It gave me the taste. <laughs> Just the taste. Um, exactly. And, uh, and got me buying pay-per-views because I knew they were they were special. Yeah. Because I saw Ric Flair go to a time limit draw with Sting on Clash of yep, Champions. Absolutely. Um Yeah, so that show see. in New York, I realized today that so, you know, this year is my uh twentieth wedding anniversary to my wife Holly. Oh my god, congratulations. And it is September twenty eighth. And this year we decided to celebrate uh by taking three vacations. One vacation okay. I got to pick that was just going to be the two of us. One was going to be a family Vegas. vacation. Yep. Which we're taking. We're going to Mexico with the kids. Very and cool. then the later one was Holly's to be determined. She would decide what to do later. It would be her pick, right? So I picked going okay. to Vegas and we went to double or nothing uh-huh. uh, and then got COVID. And that's, you know. <laughs> um, yeah double or nothing right. resulted in me wandering the desert for 40 <laughs> days and 40 nights and you guys and me wandering around in my bedroom in isolated from my family for five days yes um yes. so uh we're going to mexico and then in september just on friday actually i think while we're i was watching rampage I was looking up and there's this show by a band called Samande that I was super into. That's like a band from the seventies and they're really old and they're playing. I don't know them. Yeah. They're playing Brooklyn on September 25th. And I was my birthday. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's going to be my super sweet 16 this year. Great. My fifth in a row. Um, Yeah. (laughs) So I said, Hey, do you want to go? Do you want to go to New York and see this band? I kind of said it jokingly. And she's like, yes, mm-hmm. actually, I think that's what I'd like to do. And I was like, you want to lock that in as your fall trips? Yes, we're going to go to New York, September 25th, oh. which will be three days after the Arthur Ashe show. And so today I kind of just floated it, just like, hey, you know, if we went a couple of days early, we could go to Arthur Ashe and see uh, Dynamite. And think. She goes, nope, that was your trip. This is mine. <laughs> I love, yeah. She shut she that down She was such a trooper on the Vegas trip and had, you know, she was so game, but she's like, nope, we did it. We did that. That was it. I mean... Maybe if we get a big Britt Baker match at it. Oh yeah, maybe. maybe you could. Maybe you could try one more time a little later. Yeah, you've got time. Yeah, you've got time to make this happen. Um, those are sound like great vacations. Yeah, and we normally you, hardly ever take a if, vacation, so it's good. If I were you, simply as a prank, I would. Tr- I would. I would pretend to start trying to talk her in to you and her and the kids going to arena Mexico and catching a triple a show because be FTR amazing. might just be defending the titles. I like the defending the uh, mixed. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So should have been on dynamite. Mine this week was Eddie Kingston in his uh, local interview. Yes. Um, what do you got this week? Mine's like, it, 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 I don't know if it really counts. Cause I think it might be happening as we speak, but mm-hmm. at the PWG show, that's happening while we're recording this. Daniel Garcia is defending the PWG title against Kanosuke Takeshita. Who I bet that match is about is to awesome. be everybody's favorite wrestler. And I bet that match Dude, is going to be incredible. 
he was so good in Royal Rampage. Yes. Every time I've seen him, he's been so yes. good. I really hope. I was rooting for him to win the Royal Rampage because I thought that would okay. be one of those great Moxley defenses. Yeah. You know. Is Takeshita right now, is he, I should know this, but my mind is everywhere right now. Mm-hmm. He's New Japan, right? He's, He's a New Japan guy. He's not. He's DDT. That's why he wasn't okay. Nordia. Okay, because I was wondering if he was like, I would love it if he were New Japan. He's clearly a young guy. If like his two-year excursion was at AEW, yeah. like I, I, the idea of AEW having him for a year. I think or two he's here for a year. Would make me so. I oh think my god, that is awesome. For a year. Yeah, he needs that All Atlantic title at some point. Oh, I would love to see him. Him versus Pack. Oh, Pack is doing his first defense of the title next Sunday yeah. in Rev Pro in the UK. I cannot remember who he's wrestling. Shota Umino, the shooter. That's right. Who the was shooter awesome himself? John door. Moxley's personal slave. Yep. Um, that's going to be. Oh, I'm. You've literally got it in the notes, and I'm an idiot. I didn't even see that. Right <laughs> I thought there. you were reading. No, I was not reading it. I because I literally couldn't remember who he was wrestling. Um, that'll be a show. Yeah, like I said, I'm a I'm a consummate pro. Yeah, that's for (laughs) sure. The thing is, Daniel Garcia, like as much as that's as great as that match is going to be, Pat versus Umino. Umino. Um, I said it right, and it just sounded wrong. Um, Garcia versus Takeshita is going to be probably even better. Takeshi yeah. is so good. He's so good. Um, I mean, he's if the Golden Lovers made a giant baby. It would be <laughs> Takeshita. I am. It is such a shame that we are probably not going to get Ma, like Kenny versus Abushi or Kenny yeah. with Abushi. And we're pro- and the thing is, if if Abushi doesn't come back to New Japan. Mm-hmm. He really can't come to AEW, or that will probably hurt AEW's relationship. Maybe, yeah. With New Japan, mm. that is a like that's such a shame. That is a real shame, man. Yeah. But I don't know. Like, if he went to DDT, apparently, the, yeah. uh New Japan's happy with AEW working time. with DDT. Yeah. yeah, that's a real shame. All right, that's kind of everything for the week. Um, yeah. Oh, it's fun. By the way, I have. My brain left the building about 15 minutes ago, and I've been fighting to get through this. <laughs> I, I ate at a. I decided to try out this uh, this um, Chinese buffet, uh-huh. and oh. I'm starting to think not everything there may have yeah. sat well with me. Yeah. Today, but uh, no, this was a really great week for AEW. Yeah. Not just because they did a million viewers. If they'd done 800,000 viewers, I'd say the same thing. Mm-hmm. I really, really liked this week. I loved the Battle Royal. I loved Blood and Guts. Yep. This was the most fun AEW week since Double or Nothing for me. Yep. And especially if you include Forbidden Door in this seven-day period. Yes. Or was it was yeah. that last weekend? Mm-hmm. Was that last weekend? That's crazy. We Feels like slept. so long ago. Yeah. It really does. Um, but listen, this was a great week. I really enjoyed doing the show with you today. Um, I'm really excited to go listen to uh to Sam and Mel. Now that we, we can kind of hear Mel's stories mm-hmm. of, of what Forbidden Door was like in person. And Blood and Guts. We yeah. can, she went to both. That's right. That's right. That Oh, that's right. Yeah. Um, and find out, you know, d- 
did, was she involved in the brawl and in, 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 right. in the crowd? There's a lot of stuff I'm really looking forward to. Yeah. So check that out on YouTube, Power Bombshells. Uh, and until next week, from me, from Kevin, from everybody here at Fight Game Media, have a great week, everybody, and we'll see you back here next Monday.